it is what is artificially and in, in, in fact the most wonderful time to be in the city of Melbourne, which is autumn. Uh, and Tim Entwistle and I, we, we're in Tim's Botanic Gardens. Hello, Tim. Hi, Jonathan. Leaves, at least on these oaks, are still solidly <laughs> green. <laughs> yeah, they, they are. And, and autumn takes a little bit longer than, than we think. And mm. it started in April. And, of course, you can see we've got a pin oak in front of us. And where I live... In Glen Iris, the pin oaks are now bright red or burnt orange and actually, yep. you know, almost in full colour. This one here has just got a, a little tinge. Just a hint of what's to come. There's another one over there. That's a, another pin oak. This one in the far distance is a kind of red oak, and that's, that's already turned early. So, you know, they're all going at different rates. Which is the lovely thing about autumn. I mean, as, as with spring, each tree takes its own time. It is, and I think that's what we'll see today as we walk through. There are, there are trees just starting... Some, of course, of these won't lose their leaves, and that's the other trick, I suppose, with autumn, mm. is just because it's an oak doesn't mean it will lose those leaves. And the oaks the oaks do hang on for a bit. They do, and elms as well. I mean, mm. we've got an elm behind us. I think we look over here, there's a big tall elm, and it's not much colour at all, and that they'll maybe another month or so. It's, it's, where I live, there's a, there's a park with oaks and elms that are side by side, and there's the, there is these two annual competitions. The first to turn green in spring, which is uh, the oak, <laughs> and then who's going to lose their leaves in, in come autumn. Exactly, exactly. And the elms uh, are quite uh, late to get their leaves back again, and it's, it's well into summer, November, December sometimes. But also it depends where they grow so there's mm. another elm the other side of the gardens which has already started to turn yellow so it's a bit unpredictable it's a glorious time though isn't it oh it is the weather is fantastic and there are lots of people in the gardens you'll notice today i mean it's one of the one i mean you know this this is a, a country of so many climates um but for those who have that distinction of seasons it's and i apologize for this far north queensland <laughs> but it is, it is a, a delight. Well, I, I lived for a while in, in Sydney, and I apologise again to Sydney siders because there was just this l- lack of a lovely autumn and a really crisp winter, unless you went up into the mountains nearby. And that's yeah. the other subtlety in all this. You can just drive or ride or walk 100 kilometres away and get into a different altitude. And we are, of course, talking in that, that broad brush quatrain of, of European seasons which is unrealistic in these climates in any event Yeah and I think when in the cooling seasons we're probably into the wombat season which is a fairly long one that runs through autumn oh, we're just going past a lovely tibicina there so this yeah, is the beautifully in flower. purple flower there's not much in flower at the moment which you don't expect in autumn but there are plants of course that don't lose leaves but that's their flowering time Why would you, why, if, if you were your, your tibetina or your, your camellia, as I see over there on the right there. Why do you choose now to bloom? It's a, a deep philosophical question, Jonathan, but it's, it is around usually the pollinators and what's going to pollinate them. And also perhaps being uh, flowering at a different time means you might get all the attention. So, there's a, you know, it's, it's quite complicated. <laughs> well, that, that suits camellias. <laughs> no, it does, but, you know, if there's, if, there's probably not a lot of bugs around, but the ones that are here might be well... Uh, sort of evolved to deal with those. What's flowers. that? Euonymus. Uh, so that's a, but it's a, a variegated or a yellowing one, which is not my favourite. But it's it, certainly bright. It's very bright, but it's a it's slightly collapsed plant as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, sort of. Uh, what, what's the Latin for prolapse? Um, <laughs> probably prolapse. <laughs> We're actually heading past one of my little favourite spots, your, your camellia collection, which is. 
a little way off from its full full wonder. But yeah. there's some out. There's a few. There's a lovely one pink there. And there's a, a ginkgo behind, which in the middle of the camellia garden, but uh, give me a little bit of shade. Well, the ginkgo will, will, of course, put on its own spectacular show in a few weeks' time. It is. It's quite late, so it's probably got another four weeks before it gets sort of buttery. And then just in the distance, see, there's a what we call a bald cypress, and you can, it looks like a conifer there. That, yeah. That's going to turn browny, orangey colour again probably in about four weeks. Will it drop? That's yeah, it does. Right. It loses its leaves. So there's a, a little group of these conifers that drop their leaves. They're deciduous, and they're often called bald cypresses because they, they turn bald or go bald. I'm not taking that personally. Not a cypress. <laughs> What's that there just through the, the canopy there? There's a couple of palms in front, but then a beautiful yellowing plant, the tree in the middle there. I don't it's turning quite brightly. Yeah, I, I think it's an elder of some kind, the one left, but the really bright one I don't know. That's right in the middle there. Mm. Well, I should look at that one. Mystery plant. Heading down now into the, the fern gully, which is that, well, that portion uh, of the gardens which re- resists the notion of seasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a great contrast because it, you're right, it, it doesn't really show the seasons at all. There's nothing very much in flower here, although some lily pilly fruits above us. There's some palms which don't, you know, obviously look that seasonal. Big tall trees, there's cowries here, there's some she oaks. Look at the she oak here. This, this yeah, it's a beauty, isn't it? Favorite. Yeah, how tall it is. What a great tree. But, you know, it's not doing anything uh, seasonal. And most of these plants, a lot of them are Australian plants, a lot of rainforest plants, and they don't do that kind of seasonal thing. They're from up north, and they don't really change much in autumn. Yet the nice thing is, here they are happy enough in the... What, what do we call this? I was going to say subtropics. It's worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the temperates. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're happy. And, and it's a little bit of a microclimate. So there's a, a creek running through and there's water. Which way are we going here? We're going Up right. This way? We'll go right, yeah. Well, look at that. That's a lovely flower. Yeah, these are bromeliads. So you've got some lovely... And this sort of purplish colour around where the flowers will emerge as well. These are... That'll all be to attract some kind of pollinator that likes to come in this time of year. Oh. A begonia? It is a begonia. It's a tall begonia. So these, in fact, Sydney Botanic Gardens has a wonderful collection of these um, sort of species begonias from a lot of from South America. But don't they don't look like it? You know, this is quite large. It's yeah. about our height almost. What's well, a good meter on that stem? It's a it's a wonderful plant. No, they're lovely, and they're quite hardy. The um, garden they have in Sydney, they're, they're, they're tempting people to grow them out in the open. because they uh, don't Begonias actually. get a bad reputation as being fiddly, but uh, they, they seem pretty pretty forgiving. They, they are, and it, again, it depends on the species and the cultivar and all that kind of thing, but you can get some really tough ones. And we're going past the kanuka here, which again doesn't tell us anything about the season. It's finished flowering, it's getting fruits, not a very seasonal plant, but it's an Australian native, the kanuka. Uh, and, and also here, a poem by Bruce Pascoe, which is kind of th- it stops you in your tracks a little bit when Let's you walk through the gardens. Let's have a read. Yeah. Do you want to read this? I'll, I'll, I'll give co- it a go. I'll, I'll give it a go. Of course, the gardens followed the rule of Q, as you do. No natives, of course, no natives at all, for nothing in this land could please an Englishman's hall. The quaintness of the kangaroo, the docility of koala and wombat, the duck-billed ornithorhynchus, exotica, unnecessary, really. When you could have a fox and a rabbit and a trout and a blackberry, thank you, Ferdinand von Mueller, creator of the gardens, destroyer of rivers, the founder of the real Australia, 
colour collup. Knew the sky was falling in and it still is. Wow. So that, that's, that's a kind of provocative poem to have in a, yes. the Botanic Garden that uh, represents perhaps the, <laughs> the history of Kew. It talks about our first director, but not in glowing terms. Well, and who did, of course, uh, change the course of rivers to the benefit of these gardens. Look, he did. It was his successor, actually. So to be fair to Mueller, his successor okay. changed the river. But the interesting thing with that poem, it's, it's, it's great to kind of test this out because this is a, a very... Uh, European concept of botanic garden yep. and the design is what's interesting though is the plants themselves are a mix of Australian and exotic plants so if I had if Bruce was here today I'd be having a little chat with him about this and I have had one or two conversations with him so we're, we're as we go through here I'll just point to you the Australian, <laughs> Australian <laughs> plant. no there are there are a lot of Australian plants here which doesn't you know sort of counter what Bruce is saying there which is a great point that we have put in this construct We've put museums in, we've put galleries in, we've put botanic gardens in. In the botanic garden, it is displaying world plants. And, you know, someone like Mueller came along and really spread weeds and did all kinds of awful things mm. as well. This one in front of us, beautiful red fruit. I mean, it looks lily-pilly-ish, but the fruit seems too small for that. No, it's actually... And it's called the, the tingle, uh, tingle Tongue. Just come up here. Huh? This Great tree. This never works for me, so I'm going to test it on you. It's not the He's fruit. It's not the fruits that are tingly, but here. you um, apparently oh, you, you want to uh, crush and, and, and chew. You got chew? to, you got to chew. Yeah, I'm being poisoned by Tim Epperson. Strong oh. tannins in the foremouth. Yeah, I've never really got much of a tingle from it. To be honest, it's that sort of tanniny astringency yeah. at the front of the mouth. You'll find in time it'll have ruined your taste buds mm. <laughs> a little bit. But <laughs> um, I wouldn't recommend it as a it's necessarily as a food. No, no. And it, look, it's in the citrus family. Yeah, okay. It's a f- faint t- yeah. tang, of, uh, tang of that. Um, Rutaceae. So the, and, and the citrus family, Myrtaceae family, things you find in your gins. So they have hmm. lots of um, rich chemicals. You often see little dots and uh, glands inside okay. the, the leaf, which shows there's some n- nice little chemicals the in The fruit there. is red. That, that, that's nature's way of telling us not to eat that. It, correct. You don't eat the fruit, apparently. I'm not sure about the leaves, but we'll find out. <laughs> So that's, that's a rainforest tree from up in New South Wales, Queensland. This is a casuarina. Okay. Um, this is a liverstone or a native palm. Um, that's an aracaria in front of us. Yep. So actually all the trees around us here are Australian rainforest trees or temperate trees. You get the sense though of these, these and they are beautiful mm. green trees with great presence. They're sort of co-opted to something of a European project. Absolutely. Now, they have been dragged into here and they're out of there. They're not in their local area. I think that's another interesting question too about local plants. We have a little patch of the gardens near the Yarra which has local plants. Whereas these, to me, are as exotic in some ways as something from New Caledonia or China. You've got, of course, the Australian native gardens at at, at Cranbourne, which is exclusively plants of this place. And that's... Plants of this place, but plants of this country. Now. All over, indeed. There's yeah. a, a difference between native and indigenous in Correct. the plant conversation. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting conversation to have because it, I, I often argue that it's if you have a plant from, say, it's New Caledonia or New Zealand versus one from Perth... What's the difference? Yeah, the one from Perth is further away. It, it's, I think it's quite nice to be patriotic in a way, but you don't want to be nationalistic yeah. about it. The lovely thing about going on these walks with you is I, I go to little pockets of these gardens that I've never been to before in all my many years of wandering here. 
If we head to the left, we will go past our compost heap, which okay. is, is very impressive if it's still looking like it was a few days ago. Oh, this is oh, good lord. That is a, a compost heap to conjure with. <laughs> it's, it's more, I would say it's more a pile of green waste at the moment. Well, sort of a compost yard. So this is, I mean, most people have, you know, a couple of bins if they're lucky or, or some set aside sort of spaces. But this is, this is a big yard full of, full of cuttings. It'd be, what, 40 metres deep and almost the same across. It's half full of stuff. And we do we do just bring things in and, and turn it over. up, and then yeah, every now and then, every few weeks, we'll bring it in and gr- grind it through and turn it into compost. So we'll chip it if we need to. Okay, so you chip there's a there's a chip yeah, pile a chip up pile the end down there. the back, and it is it is a great time. I mean, this is perhaps more so of winter than than of autumn, but that time when the, the that extraordinary abundance of the spring and summer, you can just pick away a bit of that, get back to the basics of your garden shape, and see. See what's sort of there underneath all that ebullience. Yes, I was out hacking the hydrangeas last that, weekend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> found all the sort of weaknesses in the garden. Yeah, well, you do because that 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 warm season growth it covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> it it does. But I was trying to be very very um, hard this year, so I've, I, I'm just always just a two. A little bit too gentle with my cutting back, so this year mm. it's gone very hard. So we'll see whether anything does come back at all. Coming down to the lake now. We are now the um, young lotus. folk are punting. Well, yeah, they are too. So the the lotus are finishing, so their yes. leaves are drying up there. And that they were beautiful over summer, but just behind the punt and behind the the groups of people picnicking, there's a, a little. It's only a small tree, but it has very red leaves. Um, oh. Over there, yes. yes you can look just, at that. Now you can see a lot of blown off, but it's a tupelo. So it's, a, it's called Nissa sylvatica, the tupelo from uh, the US. Down here by the, by the cafe on the, the water's edge, which is a rather lovely spot to sit. It is. So look at, and this was, this is really a fleeting moment because you, a week ago it was full bright red, now it's probably only, you know, 20. 20% of the leaves left on the tree still. So where are the eels now? Are they on their way to Queensland or are they still hanging around? Oh, now that's a very good question. I haven't seen them. I'm trying to think when they head off. They probably head off very soon. So they do cross the road here and get into the Yarra and then head off, as you say, up to the Coral Sea. I'm still stunned by that <laughs> as a thought. Oh, it just seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, you know what? Well, it's not, it seems magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> well... A lovely early autumn. It is. There's plenty more to come, Jonathan. And then the winter to follow, but so many seasons. <laughs> so many seasons in one place. Tim, thank you. A pleasure, Jonathan, as always. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.